Welcome to the Teamwork Advantage Podcast with Greg Gregory. Join us as Greg interviews powerful thought leaders and successful team and leadership experts from across the country on teamwork, leadership, and organizational culture. Now let's check in for this week's episode. Welcome to the Teamwork Advantage, a podcast dedicated to teamwork, leadership, and culture, or what I call the TLC of business. Hi, my name is Greg Gregory, certified speaking professional and founder and host of the Teamwork Advantage. We're excited to have you join us here today. We are excited to have Billy Shepard joining us here today, talking to us in a whole different aspect. We're into season four of our podcast, and we're really, really pumped up about things that we're starting to do and the differences we're making. So please, if you like the podcast, everything, please, at the bottom, be sure to knock us up a notch by simply subscribing and liking us on the podcast channel that you're listening on. A little bit of a background on our guest today, a lifelong devotion to the arts. Billy Shepard has been a professional actor, as well as acting and presentation coach for over 40 years. As the founder of Billy Shepard and Associates, she's levered a unique background and presentation training methods transforming corporate executives, engineers, and all types of public speakers into all the way up and influencing them on how to become better at what they do, into what she refers to as fearless, influential presenters and communicators. Her clients include corporations such as a company you might have heard of, Facebook, Uber, Intuit, Gentech, Rackspace, Cisco, and thousands of other actors around the United States and the world. She's appeared in lead role in Equity Productions, been featured on numerous television productions, including one of my favorite shows back in the day, Nash Bridges with Don Johnson and Cheech Marin, and many national regional commercials. She holds a creative arts uh, bachelor's degree and a master's in theater arts from San Jose State University. She wrote her master's thesis in title, and this is fascinating, The Actor Within, an exploration of present moment in business presentations on the effects of present moment awareness. And that is so key today in a pandemic world that we're still in, being able to be in the moment and being able to speak eloquently is critical to building your team and getting the culture just right. Billy Shepard, welcome to the Teamwork Advantage. Well, that was one of the nicest welcomes and introductions I've ever received. Thank you, Greg. Not a problem. I, I was just amazed when reading over your, your IMDB page, your website, and things of that nature with your uh, accolades and everything. It's just fascinating to see everything you've got. I want to find out a little bit about you. How did you go from doing some acting maybe as a child being in, in your high school drama plays or wherever you got started, how did you move up and get into equity productions? And then what was it that triggered you to want to help other people become better speakers and presenters? And then how do we tie that into business today? Because that's unique. Oh, that's, that's a, well, that's a loaded question. I know. Essay. <laughs> I, I, um, I did, I did start out in high school doing theater and I was very fortunate to have a wonderful high school that really focused on the arts and on theater and several 
of us went on to become professional actors. As a matter of fact, Judy Kay uh, in New York City has won two Tonys and it's just wonderful, wonderfully successful. And then I went to college and uh, uh, was cast in lead productions. And then I left college early, which my parents weren't too thrilled about, um, <laughs> and went into an agent and, because you're so courageous when you're young, aren't you? There, there's nothing you can't do. And I said, I'm, I'm an actress. And she sent me on an audition. I left college and started getting commercials and eventually did realize you and I spoke a little bit earlier. I, I realized... I, I want to get paid for these plays that I'm doing. And I just went out and made the commitment, which really takes a lot of courage, that I'm not going to audition for anything unless it's equity, because you have to get a contract. And so finally, I was invited and got a contract and became equity. Uh, and in the meantime, did a lot of commercials and, and in corporate videos, industrial films and little films here and there. About 20 years ago, I'm getting to the end of your question. Oh, that's fine. About 20 years ago, uh, I, well, the fact of the matter is I was going through a, a divorce, a breakup, and I had a child to raise in the Bay Area, and I needed to increase my income enough to get her through school and mm -hmm. university and everything, and uh, I had to think of a way to earn more than my coaching workshops and the acting that I could do hit or miss in, in the Bay Area. And I had been invited to coach some corporate people uh, to do presentations, to polish their presentations. And I realized that the same techniques from acting applied across the board to these corporate presentations. It's theater, mm -hmm. people have to act. They have to play as if they're a leader. And I thought, I, I can charge for this. I can earn more money. And then I, I just started picking up the phone and saying, do you need some presentation skills coaching? I'm an acting coach. And then the university invited me. And then a man from San Francisco heard about me and asked me to partner with him. And then it just, it, it's a word of mouth. Oh, absolutely. The, the Absolutely. Way it, the way it works, isn't it? It's yeah. a word of mouth. And so then closing in on the close of this answer to your good question is uh, I went back to school when the economy tanked and got a master's to see if my theories could be empirically supported instead of just anecdotally. And thank goodness they were. And then I wrote the book. Didn't want to write the book. <laughs> But then I wrote the book. So that's that's where I am today. Ooh. You're right. It, it took me forever to get my book written. And so I'm totally <laughs> with you on that. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, it definitely works. So when you're speaking to leaders in organizations, whether it's the C-suite or senior management or management, speaking about speaking is one thing. It's more about how are we communicating and building a team with that. So when we start to look at it, you've merged the two of them, the artistic world and the corporate world. And so there's that aspect of it. Well, what I want to know is how, what do you talk to managers about when it comes to building a better team 
by becoming a better speaker. And why is that so important? Well, a corporate environment is in fact a team, isn't it? And Absolutely. Everybody's watching football. Everybody, you know, are watching Netflix and Prime with movies and a cast in a, in a movie play or film is a team. Yep. A corporate, a corporate group is a team. So those team fundamentals apply across the board. The, the process that my methodology is this. It, I discovered in writing my thesis, there are four components to getting into the present moment that you mentioned, which okay. is key. You know this. A leader, a communicator on a corporate team has to be in the present moment when communicating with their team or, or their employees the same way an actor needs to be in the present, present moment trying to get their intention met. So the fundamentals, the four fundamentals are precisely the same. The fundamentals are our body, our voice, our intention, and the ability to improvise. That's what an actor needs to be in the present moment. Those four fundamentals have exercises and, and uh, uh, tasks to accomplish them. So I begin every, if I'm doing an eight hour workshop over two days, we start with the breathing for the body and getting the body present. We go to the voice and do vocal exercises to get the voice opened up and, uh -huh. and accommodating what we need to say. We figure out what our intention is, which is the actress, the actor's secret sauce. Because when we're clear on our intention, there's no room for fear or nerves. So, so I want to just clarify. On the and the final is, okay. and the final is the ability to improvise. Right. So actors need it, and corporate communicators need to work on these four fundamentals. Let's talk about intention for a minute, mm. because there's no doubt breathing is critical, and speaking from the diaphragm, I think, is critical, as opposed to speaking from the voice at that level. Mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. but intention. Is the intention more for the leader or is the intention more for the recipient of the message? Or is it a little bit of both? It's 50-50, it's but the intention, a clear intention, and I do have to say this, it takes time to figure out one's intention specifically. There's a general intention, you know, I... I uh, let me give an, an actor example for okay. intention about getting it specific. Let's say I'm in a scene. Uh, well, I was in a scene in, in, in a play called Whose Life Is It Anyway? And it's about a man who's quadriplegic and I played the doctor. He wants to die. He, he does not want to live the rest of his life as a quadriplegic. He wants the, the dignity to, to, to die, to choose to die. My job as a doctor is to keep him alive. Okay, so my intention in this one particular scene was, was to convince him 
not to want to die. It, it's been building, building. Okay. And, and the scene wasn't playing. I wasn't in the present moment. I was acting. You know the difference when an actor's acting or when an actor is being. And I couldn't get to that point of being. And so that meant I needed to work on my intention more specifically, if you're hanging with me. Okay. So what I discovered in that work, that, that work was my intention wasn't to convince him in that moment. It was the overall intention. I'm going to start crying. My intention was to get him to take this pill in this present moment to alleviate his extreme discomfort his extreme emotional discomfort. It was like, okay. when I played that scene, that intention, the audience feels and experiences, oh, she really cares about him and really believes he can have some life being a quad. They take the message, now listen to me, and they fill in the color. Now, if I'm a corporate trainer, my clarity of intention allows my listeners to fill in. Then we're making love. Then okay. my team is making love. They're thinking, oh, we can do that. We, we can add, you know, more influx into the electricity and, and get it up data points. And if they're playing with me. So a leader must learn to be specific on intention. And that equals being concise so that the team can fill in the details. There it is. So the team can fill it in, not yes. be told what to do. Yes. We didn't okay. even like being told what to do when we were 16 by our parents. We certainly don't like it now. Well, that goes back also to um, Simon Sinek in his book, It Starts With Why, is getting people to understand the why because that can create the right intention so that they want to find out how. You bet. He's so got that. That, that all starts. starts to build. Yes, yes. And that takes time. And that needs to come before the slides. People build their slides before they know their intention. The slides are just there to support what the intention is on that particular slide and in that particular presentation. Absolutely. You've got, you've got to build the rapport with the audience. And so that brings me to, in a, in a pandemic situation for a leader, when he or she is speaking to their team, is it different when they're speaking like you and I are today on Zoom. And by the way, I encourage our listeners, come back and watch the video portion of this on YouTube when it comes out. Is it different when we're speaking through the camera as opposed to speaking in person? And how do we need to adjust that? Yes. Okay. <laughs> An actor needs to learn to, to seamlessly move from stage to camera and from camera back to stage. And I'll tell you a story. When I was young and left college, 
I, I thought I was, it, it, I was smoking doing commercials. And I can remember driving from a commercial shoot to the theater that night to do a performance. And I thought, oh, I've got this knocked. I'm going to make a fortune doing commercials and then do theater at night. My passion. And I got to the theater rehearsal that night and at notes after in the house, the director kept giving me the same note, Billy, scene two, you've got to project. Billy, when you come into the kitchen, scene four, you've got to project. I had been shooting all day a commercial where I was mic'd and the sound person had been adjusting the sound for me. And I just spoke naturally, went to the stage, had to adjust and accommodate. When we are working on Zoom, we're working in a very flat environment. Okay. It's not like a red eye camera that has depth. It's much more flat, but it is a camera. And that camera technique, we teach to these corporations to learn when to look directly into the camera, when to look down at somebody who's speaking, when to take a moment and look at our phone or look at another monitor or when to look at ourselves, which I <laughs> impossible with. Uh, so yes, there are cameras techniques and it's a benefit, this Zoom. It's a benefit to be able to learn these camera techniques. The other thing is the voice becomes very important. Mm -hmm. And so if one has, uh, your listeners, if one has a dialect or if one has uh, speaks too fast, or if one speaks too much, those things need to be adjusted and coached. And, and it's, it's uh, very important to use the voice well and to have a nice background and to put on a little, a little face and to have on a nice shirt like you have on. It, you, you, we're working when yeah. we're in a meeting, not mm -hmm. schlumpy, not, not yeah. air askew. So you get it, yes, on camera. So, so one of the things that I've noticed is I've started to watch more intentionally different television. Mm. And I call this the sitcom approach. Now, I may be way off base on this, so help me out. I've noticed that in sitcoms, the actors, when there's a special moment, they tend to over-exaggerate the facial and the body expressions. So now we're back to you know, the visual side of things. My thought is, and again, correct me here, if a leader is speaking to his or her team, they need to be a little bit more exaggerated in getting their message out. Otherwise, they're going to come across more like an avatar or a drone. I think it's... A, I think. I can tell you that I think it's a matter of style within context. Yes. And that energy that you're talking about can be more exaggerated and more blatant use by mm -hmm. a leader, or it can be more subtle and equally powerful. Yeah. The, the style of the speaker is, 
I get touched. When you get older, you get touched by things. The style of the speaker is the gift. I don't want to in any way diminish the style because that's the thing that makes each individual delicious as yeah. far as I know, okay. how they see it. But if the team is not responding to a certain style within a context, it's, it's very valuable to have the ability to play a range like yeah. an actor, okay. to have that ability. So many of the actors on sitcoms can go do a play and be authentic and be entirely different. It's, it's the ability to have technique to increase the style choices. Okay. So now, if we're in Zoom again, mm -hmm. does the style to communicate and deliver an effective message from a leader, does it need to change much from speaking to one-on-one -on -one in a Zoom meeting, or if I'm speaking to the entire team of 10, 15, 20, 50, or 100? Well, when we're looking into the camera, we're speaking to one person. Yep. When I'm, when I'm selling Cheerios, I am not talking to the, the country and all those numbers. I've chosen, uh, for instance, my neighbor next door. Okay. And it's got no sugar now. They took out all the sugar. I'm talking to one person. So on a Zoom meeting, we're talking to one person when we're looking in the camera. When we're talking about numbers or a slide, we may be looking down to see the result of what everyone is doing. So then I'm looking at everyone. And then I may even say, everyone pay attention to line 32 on. So it's the ability which we practice in the workshop, we train to be able to speak to one, like I'm speaking to you uh -huh. and listen to you, like I'm listening to you and looking at you right? or looking at the slide and talking to everyone vocally. And that is a, is a, is a new thing to learn, as you know, but when you practice it, Right. It's it's the the it's a crucial technique to be able to do that. Okay. So even if we're speaking to a team of fifteen or twenty, when we're looking right into the camera, it's as if we're speaking to just one. Yes. Okay. Yes. And then yes. when we're speaking to one person one on one, whether we're looking directly into the camera or looking at the person, it is mm -hmm. still just one to one. Mm-hmm. And then mm -hmm. when I go aside like this, if I want to look at something else, I want to speak to the whole group. Yes. I might look like that. Yes, because the, the camera does all the work. That's mm -hmm. the difference here. The, the camera it, it, it scientifically, energetically pulls what's inside our brain and inside our emotions. It does mm -hmm. all the work. Right. We just need to do the focus um, and know how to use the camera and oh my gosh actors we spend a fortune on classes learning how to do this but the basics are very very 
valuable and useful okay and easily learned and then practiced keyword is practiced it's not something you're going to learn and do perfectly the first time mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. let me ask the question of you personally what was it like for you the first time you ever watched yourself on camera well, very similar to what it is like now. <laughs> I'd rather go to the dentist. <laughs> dentists get such a bad rap. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's giving dentists a and that's giving dentists a bad rap. I uh, I uh, I like it when I am in the present moment mm -hmm. and surprise myself. Uh, but for the most part, I, I don't watch what I do. Mm -hmm. I don't watch what I do. What I do is done in the present moment to the best of my ability when I'm on stage or shooting. I'm not, okay. I don't like it. I like, I like looking at myself. I like my print work because it, the lights are everything, of course. I, I like, um, mm -hmm. you know, looking at print work and jobs like that. But to watch myself perform is um, a challenge for yeah. me. I have tried, and I've gone back even on some of my podcasts and watched, and I've tried to learn from things I've said or done. And so I use it as a learning tool. Yes. So would you recommend that to a manager? Absolutely. Or? And when I was younger and learning to act and taking and studying with my coaches, we, we would do that. Okay. Yeah, it's, absolutely. it's literally like a football team looking at the plays, absolutely. looking at the game films the, of the week before. So you got to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. all this kind of comes back to intention. So the other area that you talked about that I thought was fascinating and it, it lends itself because I, one of the things I tell people is, if you're going to be speaking, go take an acting improv class at a community college. And the improv is there. And you said they have to be able to uh, improvise. Let's say yeah. emphasize. Improvise. Oh, but okay. Yeah. Why is that so important? As opposed to, hello, this is the information we have here today. Ladies and gentlemen, our budget for this quarter is, why is it so important to be able to improvise and improv? Well, because just reading it, please send me an email. <laughs> I don't want to have to get all ready and mind the dog and do all of this to come to a Zoom meeting if you're just going to read something off of a page. The reason that human beings uh, want to see another human being speak, either in person or on Zoom, is because we want that take, that filter, how you see it. We want to hear it with your style. Right? That, that's the reason we don't just want to read it. The ability to improvise, and I have to say, even a community college class is, would be fabulous. They'll get the basics. They'll learn to say yes. They'll learn to be afraid and move forward. They'll learn that they don't die off the planet if they make a mistake because they'll adjust in the moment. I've studied with the best. I've studied with Alan Arkin. And oh, wow. he became my guru and my colleague and we worked together. And 
it was there I learned this key to improvisation and speaking and, and acting and speaking to a teenager and speaking to anybody that you need to communicate with. What I learned from Alan Arkin was get your intention and attach that intention to a strong feeling, to something you care about. And we did that practice through improvisation. All of this was through his improvisation workshops. He would give us a setup, we would improvise, and the, and the only suggested rule was don't enter the stage until you are clear on intention and have a strong feeling about it. Now, here's the secret. My intention doesn't have to do anything with the scene. My intention uh -huh. can be anything as long as I have a strong feeling about it. Because isn't that how human beings work? I don't know if I have time to tell you a quick story. Should sure, I tell you? Sure, sure. Okay. Story, stories are my favorite. Stories are your favorite. And stories are our favorite too in the workshop. We start with the, mm -hmm. the buildup and then we do stories. The first improvisational scene setup that I had in Alan's first workshop was a health food store. I was the buyer. She was the seller. In, okay. in the health food. That's the only setup. That's all you give and I, and I did the scene and people laughed and everything. Okay, it was okay. And Alan came up to me very quietly. He kind of talks in your ear and he said, that was very good. That was very good. Now take, take that intention or another intention and connect it to something you feel strongly about. Okay, all right. Don't enter the stage, he said, until it's connected to a strong feeling. Okay, we started the scene again. I had yelled at a student back in San Francisco. We were in Austin, Texas at the time. I had yelled at a student. I won't go into the whole story, but I was mistaken. <laughs> okay. Turned out he was an emergency room doctor and he didn't know his lines because he was working until four in the morning as an emergency room doctor. That's a good excuse. And I had yelled at him. I apologized. It was awful and he forgave me. Okay. But I realized I needed to stop yelling at students after all this time. So what did I choose in Austin, Texas years later? I chose, I'm going to this health food store to calm my nerves. I don't need to be so nervous that I'm yelling at a student first, okay? I really wanted something to calm my nerves. And I felt strongly about it. And I went in to do the scene. And this woman, whatever the heck she chose as her intention was to not stop talking. She would not stop talking <laughs> so that I could say, excuse me, I'm in desperate, desperate need of something that will calm my nerves. She wouldn't shut up. It was unbelievable. Now, here's the improvisation piece. I didn't say anything to her because I was so clear on my intention that I didn't have to say anything. I had to listen to her so I could find a place to get in to ask, please, I need something. All right, so 
the audience, when I looked out at the audience when we were done, Alan was literally on the floor, pounding the floor, laughing. The audience, they had chairs that they were pounding, laughing, because it was so real, because my intention meant something to me in that moment. Now, I know that's a long story, but if you're a leader in a mm -hmm. corporation, you best have that intention mean something to you and your team. So when you went back in, I want to make sure the listeners are clear on this. When you went back in that second time, mm -hmm. your intention was, I've got to find something that's going to calm me down. Yes. So that and I. So you believed in that right here in your heart. Yes. And, and for me to do that, I had to take deep. It takes courage. It takes guts to play your intention. It does. Mm -hmm. I had to take such deep breaths to calm me down, to get me in the present, to play that intention. Otherwise, adrenaline is going to take over and it's going to send yes. in the opposite direction. Yes, great. That's exactly right. That's exactly yeah. right. That's why breathing before you hit join meeting is so important. Yeah. It's so interesting because my background doing radio traffic reporting was that. I would have to do something with an urban contempt, high paced. And within seconds, I would have to slow it down to this level here. And it wasn't until I understood behavior styles of the people that I'm talking to and understanding that, that I understood how to do that. Guys, it's so important to understand speaking is more than just talking. It's more than that. And it's more than just telling a good story. It's about being present in the moment. So, Billy, one more time, go through your four pillars again. It was um, breathing, visual, intention, and improvising. Am I right? But, yes, and except I refer to them so it becomes standard. When you get your master's, things have to be standard. So, <laughs> teachable, you know, uh -huh. uh, the body. And it starts with the breathing and then am I tense or am I thirsty or I'm the body, mm -hmm. the voice, am I loud enough, clear enough, diction, accent, dialect, the intention, what the heck do I need? Mm -hmm. And the ability to improvise. Thank you for asking again. That's all to get in the present moment. When a leader communicates from those four pillars, when they're communicating from that, those four pillars, the communication is strong and absorbed. And it should build a stronger team and a better cohesion and better engagement in the meeting and in throughout generalities. I would assume that the converse is true. That if, they're, if the leader is not coming from a place of intention, they haven't practiced their breathing, they aren't paying attention to their body language, any of those things of that nature. And then they're not improvising, they're staying rigid to their script. Then a team can collapse around that. And that's critical in a pandemic world. Am I right? You are absolutely right. And that was really well articulated. And what it can affect it so deeply is the culture of the entire corporate structure. Mm -hmm. And then it affects the culture of the community. Yeah. And, and, the, and, and a lot of that, is going on now. It's the decline of this authentic being authentic with each other 
communication and um, it can affect a culture. So it starts one-on-one, it starts with our team and it spreads through the culture. Absolutely powerful because that, that's exactly what we talk about is teamwork, leadership, culture. If you think about it like a Venn diagram, the TLC, it absolutely is critical. And throughout all of that, communication is there and how we communicate is powerful. Billy, this has been enjoyable. Thank you so much. People can get out to you. I see your book over your shoulder there. You want to tell everybody how they can get hold of your book? Oh, it's easy. Go to Amazon, the Billy Shepherd presentation method. Okay. And uh, you can go to my website, billysheppard.com. Beautiful. I'm excited. I'd love to have you back again, get into some more depth, maybe even a, a micro training session on something for some folks. That would be absolutely awesome. It's been a privilege to have you here. Uh, folks, the podcast, The Teamwork Advantage is absolutely here where we share skills. We share techniques, ideas that you can act on immediately. And Billy has given us those today. The secret is, are you going to act on them? Remember, one of my phrases is knowledge is not power without implementation. That is so critical. Until next week, remember that having a good day is just being average. When you listen to the Teamwork Advantage, we know you are not average. So hit the like button, subscribe. And until next week, remember to have an excellent and exceptional day. Take care. Bye-bye. This has been the Teamwork Advantage with Greg Gregory. To learn more about how Greg can help your organization develop a powerful winning culture, visit teamsrock.com. That's T-E-A-M-S-R-O-C-K.com. Be sure to join Greg next week when he interviews another exciting and powerful thought leader on the Teamwork Advantage. Until then, as Greg says, make sure you have a great week because a good week is just being average.